0: and welcome to fashion decipher my name is sean williams and this episode we are really going to be talking about um sneakers um and i'm really excited about that because i'm trying to be a sneakerhead myself i haven't gotten there yet i'm like you know like entry um um, we're going to be talking about sneaker culture and we're going to talk about reselling um and all things related to sneakers um today we have ian higginson from lucky lace a sneaker shop owner um ian how are you
1: i'm pretty well. I'm excited for this. So, uh, I was looking forward to this for a long time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm glad that we finally got a chance to get this started. But I'm doing pretty well. The weather's nice. So that's a plus. So that puts me in better spirits.
0: Absolutely. So I wouldn't say like Ian, um, you know, sneaker culture is just a crazy phenomenon. And we you and I both know this, uh, Kevin as well. We all know this that it started years ago when um Michael Jordan came out with the sneakers and the whole advertising of wanting to be like Mike. Um, and then, of course, hip hop, um, where you add Run DMC with uh, Adidas and Shelto's, and this idea of so many inner city um, Black children, minority children who wanted to emulate those figures um, started to buy the sneakers because if they couldn't be like them any other way, they wanted to look like them. Um, and that was a way for them to attain something close to those idols for the, that they had. So, you know, we came up with this term of being Black cool, which now has spread to the mainstream. And, and that's what black culture does. But, you know, of course, we don't see really any profits in return. We don't really get to Be at the top tier when it comes to sneaker selling or sneaker exchanges of anything in that form. Um, so today, Anne, I really want to talk to you about some of these things like and how did you become uh, a sneaker shop owner? Like, what was your motivation of getting there? Like, how did you you get to this part to just dis- to coming up with Lucky Laced?
1: Okay, well, um, I, I agree with you with everything you said as well. It's, it's a sad truth, but, um, you know, hopefully one day that can change. But I've always been a stick head. It started years ago. All right, so I'm, I'm 30. It started before I could even walk. And my dad, he got me into it. And as I got older, he really stressed the importance, the importance of keeping your appearance up to par. And, you know, first impression is everything. And it never was about having four or $500 sneakers, it was just looking good, keeping me sneakers fresh, and you know, cleanliness. And it's something about it, it just, you know, intrigued me, and I, I like to always look good, and even going outside, and people were literally just waiting to see, you know, what sneakers I had on today. Even going back to school, junior high school, and elementary, I would, me and my friends, we would just kind of compete with each other to see what sneakers, you know, we had on for gym day because I'm in the college school, so I had to wear shoes four days out of the week. But you know, that fifth day, I you mean, know, we, we tried to come out with not best and it's something that just attached to me and it, it grew as I got older mm-hmm. and it stuck with me.
0: And like Ian, what was your like most covetous sneaker growing up? Like what was the thing that you were like, when you looked at those sneakers were like, oh, that's it. Like, what was that, that, that sneaker for you?
1: Hmm. It would definitely have to be the Irisons, the questions. Mm-hmm. uh that's i'm a little biased but that's my favorite player of all time but that was a shoe that you know it didn't matter what color came out i had to get it Mm -hmm. and it was just like i knew i wasn't going to the nba you know but i kind (laughs) of felt like him
0: exactly i totally understand
1: that (laughs) so it would that was a must absolute must
0: all right. So, you know, so I guess from that love of sneakers and growing up and your dad teaching you about like cleanliness and like your appearance and uh, presenting your best self when you um, impress someone, you meet them for the first time. Was that the thing that got you into wanting to own a retail shop? Like, what was the thing that actually transitioned when you said when you had to p- pick a career and you were like, I want to own a sneaker shop? Was that the reason?
1: Um, it, it wasn't. It started Well, the mind first came. I, the thought first crossed my mind. Back in, I want to say 2004 mm-hmm. or five, when I was in high school, I was probably a freshman, sophomore. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I went to high school literally from pre-k to uh, 12th grade. So, you know, wearing sneakers was not really allowed, but um we would get away with it if you we wear like all black shoes, but the principal really couldn't tell, or teachers couldn't tell. So it was 2004 or five, I had the retro 10. They were all black and this shoe. Pretty much everyone had them. And of course, like everybody's, there are a lot of people that missed out on them. So I went with them to school here and there. And one of my classmates, he asked me, I remember, I'll never forget his name, Jeremiah. And I think we were like, he, we were classmates and we were locker mates. So he said, Ian, uh, do you want to sell me your sneakers? And I looked at him and said, no, you know, I, I wore these. Why would you want to buy them? Like no, mm-hmm. I, I know you're not. I know you're not a dirty person. You know, I'm like, yeah, you have a point, but you know, I want to keep on in mind. Right. And he was persistent. He kept asking me. And then one day, I was like, you know what? Fine. I, I I don't even know how much I told them, but I'm pretty pretty sure I made my money back. And that was at the age of fourteen or fifteen, and that stuck in my head. I'm like, wow. If I can make money for you, niggas, I just need to find a way to get some brand new ones. You know, so at at a good price. And it stuck in my head. But fast forward. It was um, back when I was in college, I was a freshman, I was transferring in colleges and um, it was the summer of 2010 and I was waiting to get accepted to a college. So I was kind of bored, you know, I was staying at home and I found, I guess you could say quote unquote connect for, for sneakers and I tested the waters, I, I bought I purchased four pairs of shoes, two phone posits at the time, they were popular, and two pair Jordans, and I think I sold them within a week, mm. and I didn't get so excited, I was just like, wow, this might, I might be onto something, you know, but I, I wasn't really putting all my eggs in my basket, because I was still focused at school at the time, and that that's when it really started to hit me, and I was like, maybe you know, I could take this a little further. I always loved the idea of being an entrepreneur. So when I was younger, I would always do things like, you know, little chores around the house. But when my complex, they would do, they would host um, like black party days and whatnot. But then you got have a table and bring out things to sell. So I would get little, little things that kids would like, like even, you know, I'm not too sure you know, pretty sure you do, but the little, the pop snappers that you throw up, toss mm-hmm. around the pop. So, you know, I would go me and my mom I would get, a, like, a box wholesale and then sell them. And I would get other things that I know kids, Pokemon cards at the time, you know? So I always loved the feeling of making my own money and being an entrepreneur. But I just didn't know what feel it would be. And so, you know, I found my, you know, one of my sources for shoes, authentic shoes. And that's when I really wanted to run with it.
0: That's dope. Like, and, and Ian, what has your experience been? like being a black sneaker shop owner and, you know, in an industry where, you know, people of color POCs don't really have the representation that they should, especially when we promote what actually makes what, you know, a sneakers hot. Like, how's your experience have been um, in the, in the sneaker, sneaker industry?
1: It has been definitely a great learning experience. It can be really, really tough. I'm not gonna lie, I don't want to sugarcoat anything for anyone that, you know, will hear this and want to jump into the game and they're of color it is hard it is rough you definitely need to have a strong mindset uh you definitely need to have a team behind you um and the team it doesn't have it wasn't the team can help you source new sneakers and you know high beast some such as like supreme and whatnot what or just be there to support you emotionally and mentally because i did it on my own and i had you know thank god i have my mom and dad Behind me, supporting me when I needed to just you know vent and just get opinions. But at the end of the day, I'm the sole owner. So when you have to handle shipping and custom service and you know social media and the buying, merchandising, it's like whoa, you know. So I say definitely have a team. It's definitely a beautiful, beautiful experience. Of course, we have to work a little harder to get ahead because you know sometimes you right. might not have the capital or have the access to capital, have access to you know a great lawyer or you know the great credit because we, maybe we wasn't taught this in school or within a household so we sometimes we are behind but definitely work a little harder and it'll definitely pay off you know and definitely be kind to of people and people treat people how you want to be treated
0: right right and do you have any issues when it comes to like um sourcing your sneakers or finding um wholesalers um even when you were developing your shop like was there issues uh, being a person of color, is any of those things uh, interfered with getting things done? Did you find any um, resistance a- a- at all?
1: I haven't. The beautiful, the most beautiful thing about the sneaker culture, I would say, is that it glues everyone together from all different walks of life. Mm-hmm. So people really can care less about, you know, your color, your religious background, anything. You know, I, I can care less. You know, mm-hmm. we have one common um, love, which is shoes, which is the culture. So we, you know, learn to respect one another and. It really wasn't a problem because when I opened the store in 2016, I was already doing this from 2010. So I had a lot of sources, a lot of connects to get access to, you know, shoes, whether it was retro shoes or, you know, OG. Like I have OG Jordans from, you know, 94, 96. That's never wow. been worn so when it first came out. So I really kept in touch with everyone. And um, even if it wasn't sneakers dropping or releasing, I would still keep in contact, you know, holiday time, I shoot them an email. Hey, be holidays, hope, hope all is well. You know, little things like that will take you a long way. Mm-hmm. So by the time I opened the store, I had a lot of um, connects. And it grew as the store, you know, flourished because so many people will come in and say, hey, listen, you know, I work here, such and such. And my prime example, um, the other day, so the Mocha ones, they released uh, last weekend and it's been chaos, you know. I managed to get a few pairs, but as I was buying some pairs from a, a girl, she told me, Hey, I work in foot action. You know, we we might, we may get more. I'll keep you posted. So just like this offer. And I met her through a friend. Mm-hmm. So just me being, you know, good to that friend introduced me to that girl, which made me, which allowed me to purchase a shoe and gain a new customer once I sold it. So right. uh, little things like that. Like you, you never know when you'll meet a new, you know, possible source of connection
0: yeah so the networking is absolutely important when it comes to um being uh in the sneaker field huh like just making sure you make connections all across like just keeping the networking options open um, I wish I knew that more in college, Ian, when I was in college.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nobody See, told don't teach us. me. They don't teach us this, you know, it's yeah. sad. It is it's
0: sad. <laughs> like I understood the value and I noticed a little off topic. But I understood the value of getting a job and working while you're in college, but I, no one stressed how important um, networking was while you were in college. So um, for all the kids who are teenagers listening to this um, episode and you're either heading to college or you're already in college and you're young adults, I would definitely suggest network, network, network. I cannot stress that enough. Um, And it's not just like getting a name and saying hi, but also following up, you know, consistently keep those networking um, avenues open. Um, But that's that. (laughs) Um, But let me ask you like, Ian, what do you think of um, all these online retailers now? I mean, like we live in a COVID world right now um, where, you know, most people are not shopping in stores and brick and mortar stores, but like, what do you think of all these like resale stores? I mean, like fight club and stadium goods have always been around, but like the rise of stock X, like, what do you think of, does that hinder your business in any way? Does it help you? Does it, you know, add to the sneaker craze?
1: Okay. So like most resellers, we kind of have a, Love hate relationship with StockX. Well, some of us have a love hate relationship with StockX, and some just have a hate relationship with StockX. Um, and StockX, I'm not here to slander them, but just based on my personal experience, they can be a gift and a curse. Um, especially during a COVID situation where you know sometimes you would sell things and your payout took over a month. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like if I was really dependent upon, this, I'm not rich, but if I was really dependent on that those sales to StockX, you know, I would be hurting because I get that they're, they're taking precautionary measures to um, ensure the safety of their staff. But over a month to release money from sales to someone, you know, it's kind of crazy, especially someone that's been, you know, a consistent seller on StockX. And it's not just me. Uh, so many people have office stories with them and I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt is due to COVID. But <laughs> it's, it can also be a blessing because, okay, Let's say if I have it off white 90, um, 97, MX 97, right? And let's say it's average price right now, resale price is 850. You go on Flight Club, it might be 1100. You go on Stadium Goods, maybe 1200. Now, being that you know, I own, I own my own shop, I want to build my own brand, I don't want to sell, you know, consign. So, most resellers, not most, but a lot of resellers, they'll just get a shoe or shoes and they'll take them right to Flight Club or Stadium Goods just so they can sell for them or even myself, you know, but me, I, I'm determined to get the shoe sold on my own. So when people see that shoe, they, they touch the water, they look at Flight Club, they look at Stadium Goods. But now, with StockX in the game, they Look at StockX and say, Oh wow, it's $750. Mm-hmm. So now people to buy a potential buy already eliminated flight club and, and stadium goods because, because they charge them way more. Mm-hmm. So now they go to StockX and say, '750.' Meanwhile, I'm actually $850. So now, of course, there are people that I, I don't blame them for wanna, wanting to save their money and you know, save a few bucks, but they'll come to me and say, Hey, listen, the 750 on StockX, you're charging 850 Can you match StockX prices? And I'm just like, Oh man, well, unfortunately, I can't because StockX. You know they don't own the items they sell. They're just they're really the middleman. So and the way stockx hinders resellers and, and um, sneaker boutiques and some shops in that sense because people they're not they're trying to bargain and, and you know cross reference your price to stockx. But on the other hand, it's a blessing because that same shoe that may be worth eight fifty. You know the average based on your clientele. You know like I have my clientele is people that I want the hype stuff like off whites, and then there's people that I might want a simple pair, new balance. Now, I know that shoe that's worth $850, if I post it on, you know, just my personal social media, the average person is not gonna buy that. So now it's like, okay, I don't have the, I could cut out the negotiations with someone I potentially wanted. I could cut out the, you know, the false hope of selling it to people that I know they're not gonna spend $800 on a shoe. And I could just say, hey, StockX, I'll put it on StockX and sell it and get my money in a few days. So that's the blessing of it. So it's it's like a give and take. Yeah, I heard. Um, I
2: know eBay is a place that people sell sneakers too, and um, they have a new service.
1: They're gonna authenticate sneakers. Are you um for that or against that? Yeah, I actually got that email, and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I'm considering it. Uh, it's I think it's about time that they they implemented that service because it, even looking on eBay. So when I shop, I shop all places to get new um you know inventory. So, eBay is one place I might shop, and the amount of fakes I see is ridiculous. Wow. Like, obvious fakes. It's not even, you know, people trying to blend in top-quality fakes with real. It's just, I, I've witnessed sneakers that, most Jordan ones, they come with extra laces. i witnessed uh the Shattered Backboard 3.0s. I have some pairs, but I was looking for more pairs, and I saw a pair that came with three extra set of laces, and they only come with one. Wow. So... It's scary for someone that I might not know. You have you have to think of you know holiday time is coming up, and unfortunately, that's when people get scammed the most, especially in um, the sticker culture. You know, you have moms, pops, um, just family members, or you know, significant others purchase a shoe for for someone you know that they love or care about for holidays, and they are get scammed left and right. So I'm glad they actually you know they they're implementing that feature, and I definitely will try to list some things on eBay. But before that, I, I stopped dealing with eBay because of the, the um, even um, sellers were getting scammed because uh, a lot of people don't know PayPal is owned by eBay. Yes, they always so, force you to get that too. Yeah, exactly. Most people forget that. So I've I've heard store, harvard stories from people where they might have sold a brand new Off White Jordan collab. And the buyer would take a picture with rocks in the shoebox and say, hey, they sent me this. And yes. literally refund the the buyer and they keep the shoe. So for that reason, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to deal with that. I can't afford to take any loss, especially not a loss like that. So mm-hmm. I think with that feature, I think eBay will, you know, they'll give us give us some time to be one of the top dogs as far as, you know, buying and selling.
2: I don't like speaking of just buying sneakers, as, as you said. They had the Mocha release, which was crazy. Um, and you have all these great releases, but it seems like for the average person, the only way you have a chance is if you get like a sneaker bot. Like what's your opinion on sneaker bots in general? Like, is there still a way for the average person to cop a pair of sneakers or you have to go and buy bots now? Is that like the way?
1: Um. Yes. Yeah, so so to, to piggyback what you said, sneaker bots, they it's a computer program where it checks out um, as many pairs as you allow it to in a matter of seconds. So by the time, you know, like a, you know, a mom or or dad is entering the credit card information manually, that shoe is sold out by the time they, they press checkout. And it is a headache. It is a pain. I'm not going to lie. When I first heard about bots, I was frustrated. I hated them. And I was just devastated because now it's like, you have to adapt, you know, if you can't join them, beat them. Mm -hmm. And at first, I have I had bots, um, but now it's just so intricate where I don't even have the time and the patience to actually sit down and, and you know manage one. Mm-hmm. But I do have friends, you know, that they run bots for me, and like I said, it's it's you have to you know adapt to times, you know, if you want to remain in the game. Um, I don't solely depend on bots because I have other people that, you know, might work in Falaga, you know, some managers and mom and pop stores that allow me to, you know, backdoor them and sell me a few pairs early ahead of time. So it's little different methods, but I'm I, if you want to be a reseller, you definitely have to have a bot or have somebody with a bot. It sucks because, you know, it's, it's taking away a fair chance of, you know, purchasing for the rest of people. But at the end of the day, it's like, are you a businessman first, you know, or hey, you can't really be sympathetic. It's sad to say, but if you want to, you know, grow your brand and continue to have new customers and loyal customers, you have to adapt some way, somehow. I hear you. I know last week when they came out, with the um,
2: I love Air Max ninety seven. So they had the Halloween ones that came out. Oh um, yeah. And I'm not trying to resell them. I just wanted to wear them, and I had everything loaded, credit card information, everything. When I try to put them in my cart through sneakers, by the time I hit size 11.5 and submit, I was getting kicked out. And then by the time it
1: refreshed, it was like sold out. I was like, that's crazy. Like, I didn't even stand a chance. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. And, and, and that's the thing. It'll be a pair where you think, okay, there's no way this is going to sell out. And then it's like, wow, they're going. Literally, a sneaker will load at 10 o'clock and 10 on 1, everything's done.
2: Yeah, I, was, I was telling Sean yesterday, um, cause I was on Adidas, not to hype um, different names on this podcast, but they had a collaboration with Star Wars, so they had these, um like, look like a mint green um sneakers that I really like, sold out there, like these Chewbacca ones, which I didn't like at all, but just sold out like crazy, like, it almost reminded me of back in the days when you would try to get concert tickets, yeah. and depending <laughs> on the show, if you don't have a certain setup with your computer, you just wasn't getting tickets. Like, you had to go straight to the broker to go see certain artists. So I wonder if sneakers are going to go the same way. I believe with concerts, they passed certain legislation that kind of made it illegal to do certain things. I wonder if sneakers will actually do the same thing, um, kind of get rid of bots. So you think that's just something that's never going to get rid of at all?
1: Um, I see some companies, they, they're implementing bot protection, um, like Supreme... Supreme Lady they they have um some good uh, bot protection, where they detect the bot, they'll block your IP address, or you know they they might ban. Like I know people that where their addresses are banned, you know little things like that. But there's always a uh, way around it. Unfortunately, like most companies, I think they don't care. Um, they all they're all in it for the profit, and that's mm-hmm. it. They could kill us. Who has a fair chance? They could kill us. You know, who is a shoe, who doesn't. Uh, it's like, I want the fair chance in case, because not everything I purchase is for resale. I'm a collector first. So there's shoes where, you know, I'm like, wow, this is a must to add to my collection. But it, maybe that release or that shoe, because it's not hyped up or hyped up as much, my friends with the bots, they might not run the box for that shoe. So now it's other people that have the that have bots, but they're collectors and they want that shoe. Now I have to compete against them. Right. So I have to compete manually, entering my information, you know, against them. So it's like, I like bots when I'm reselling, of course, but just collecting, it's like, oh man, I'm up against bots. You, you really have to have luck on your side, honestly speaking, and it's super fast internet speed.
0: Let me ask you this, Ian, like... I I'm dy- I have to, you know, I'm a big fan of Jordan 5s. Um, my sister got me into those. And then 3s. Um, I just bought a couple of 3s this year, last year. Um, and then I bought one Jordan 1. Um, and here I am thinking, like, I was like, oh, I got a Jordan 1. But it was like the satin pair. Um, what, and those shoes were abysmal with selling. Like it just, on like, I'm going to say StockX, it was like $175, like original price. Like what makes certain... Jordan ones more valuable than the other. Is it the material? Is it like all leather? Like, what makes some of them sell out? Is it not just a colorway? Do you have any advice on like what is better when it comes to buying like specifically Jordan ones?
1: Okay, so Jordan ones is one of my favorites as well. But when it comes to ones, th- there's a lot of variations that determine you know the hype. First, even with with Jordans in general but specifically ones, you have to see if it's, is it a collab? So if it is it a collab or a, you know, a public figure attached to that shoe? You're of course, besides Michael Jordan. So is it, you know, like an off-white collab or a Travis Scott name associated with it or DJ Khaled or Drake? That's one because in this game now, a lot of the young kids, they're coming up in the game and they just want to buy anything to resell without really doing the homework on it without researching. So it's some Jordans where if you know, if you're 25 and up, the kids that are younger, they don't even touch that shoe because they don't really know anything about it. You know, mm-hmm. so they want to know if it's any names associated with that, with that Jordan. Um, the colorway is definitely key. Uh, not all the time, but it's key. So if it's pretty much a, a Chicago Bull colorway, way somehow mixed up with this, you know, a little bit of red, black and white or black and red and whatever, that's always a good thing. Well, a great thing. Also, is it a high? Most people, well, I'm a sneaker lover, so I wear what I like. I'm not, I'm not the type of person that wears like, oh, I don't wear Jordan mids, I don't wear Jordan lows. I prefer highs, but there are people that are like, oh, a high will sell the best over a mid, over a low. Don't get me wrong, there are lows and highs and mids that sell for, you know, a ton of money. But, so it's any name associated with it, the colorway, uh, the quantity as well too, you know, it's, they like to associate the word limited with a lot of shoes and sometimes it's not really limited. It's a mental thing. It's like a market employee to get people to buy, oh, it's limited, you know. Meanwhile, that shoe will restock a week later and they'll restock a month later and they're like, oh, how limited is it if it keeps restocking? So. You definitely try to have to get the insight sort of numbers being released some way somehow, like the Mocha ones. I had a little insight of how many pairs were being released. So with that information, I had you know two weeks in advance. I knew okay, this is going to be a movie once this, this shoe releases. Um, even sometimes the packaging, sometimes the packaging might be you know it might be a special box, special tissue paper, maybe a special hang tag. You know maybe three or four extra pair of laces. That definitely plays a part in it.
0: I was going to ask you that because Kevin yeah, had... Oh, Kevin, I was just about to say that. Yeah, Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Say,
1: no, what you hit on something with the... pack. I'm
2: very big into packaging. And Me I've too. noticed... Like, for example, Puma, they did some J. Cole sneakers. They actually did, like, a, a Super Mario. And the packaging on those sneakers was beautiful. Like, the Super Mario box, it looked like a video game box. And even the tissue paper, everything was unique to Super Mario and then on the J Cole one the box said dreamer it's very different and nothing against um other labels but I've seen for example like Yeezy's packaging and it's just so very plain <laughs> yes. so very nondescript and I just wonder like like you take that Puma packaging it makes you want to keep everything like the sneaker exactly. the box everything so I wonder who makes those decisions and and like you said I think packaging is such a big thing I mean will be mean, some consumers who don't care They just want the sneaker out the box, kind of like a kid on Christmas. They don't care about the wrapping paper, they just want the gift. But I think there are some
1: consumers like myself who you know, you want everything to be a unique experience. To me, I keep all my boxes. I know a lot of people like to clear containers, but to me, it's something about the boxes. Even if it's a plain box, I still keep it. It's just, I don't know, it's something about, I like to have original everything. I did want
2: to pick your brain about something just to go back what we're talking about like releasing and me and Sean have spoke about this before, like who benefits for limited sneakers? And I, I'll explain to you what I mean. Like, so if Nike, say for example, they'll come out with a pair of Jordan 1s, they're charging 170 a pair, um, and they only do, they only release a thousand. So Nike's only going to make 170 times a thousand, period. What motivates them to say not drop 200,000 pairs? People are still going to buy them, and Nike as a company will make more money. Like who benefits for having that limited, other than say maybe resellers? Like what's what motivates a Nike or anyone to do a limited release where it doesn't affect their bottom line?
1: They're losing money by just making a little bit of Um, That's a great question. Of course, besides the resellers, I think that the companies, whether it's Nike or Adidas or, or Puma, I think it's maintaining their relevancy and keeping the, the buzz around the company and to be talked about and, you know, trending on Twitter and trending on social media because I guess that'll attract more customers or potential customers and maybe that'll lead to other purchases but yeah i I never understood you know like if they know retro ones are super popular why not release you know five million pairs you know but i think it's all about the clout and uh you know to stay relevant Mm
0: -hmm. it's so crazy like you know you you want to be a part of it you want to be i mean uh, speaking as a newbie. you want to be a part of it and there's certain colorways you like, and you just cannot get your hands on them. And it's, you know, kind of, um, you said it best, Ian, when you said frustrating, um, as a consumer, when you, when you're just collecting as a person, um, when you experience uh, setbacks like that, you know, trying to get the type of sneaker that you want, but the clout thing, you know, I definitely agree with you. You know, when you have so many sellers, like I can't remember, Kev, you remember the name, maybe you also know, um, in that young kid from Florida, um, I can't think of his name. He sold all the like sneakers to, to oh, all the rappers. Yeah, I forgot
1: his name, I forgot his name. I didn't uh, told him yeah. Uh, Ben, Benjamin Kicks.
0: Yeah. You know, when you have situations like that and you like, you see photos of like 60, 80 pairs of sneakers, you're like, okay, I just wanted one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> you know, like, you're like, why can I be a part of it? But um, like, Ian, what do you think? Like I, I'm Brooklyn Museum had an exhibit on the rise of sneaker culture back in like 2015. I don't know if you were able to, to catch that exhibit or not. Um, and, and the exhibit explored like the history of culture, importance of sneakers. And it went from the beginning all the way until, you know, the current time at 2015. Do you think exhibits like that are important to the sneaker culture? Um, Just documenting like where it's been and where it's going. um, Do you think it also is beneficial to your business?
1: I think, I think, that is very beneficial. I love the whole idea of it because it's not really shedding light on reselling. Because some people, you know, reselling. Honestly, a lot of people look is it's down upon. It's frowned upon. People they look at us and say, "Oh wow, well you're the reason why I can't get a pair. You're the reason why you know this shoe is selling for six hundred dollars." You know, um, but I tell people at the end of the day, you know, it's it's capitalism. This is what the, everything is marked up. You know, it's economics, supply and demand. So I like exhibitions like that because it shows the other side. You know, it shows the history. It shows how the shoe is made. It show why this this shoe has, you know, this colorway or why the shoe, you know, got this nickname. So I definitely as well and I, I was, you know, I felt like a kid in a candy store. It was just it was amazing, you know. Um and it shows how Huge! The culture has gotten and is acknowledged across the world now. You know, so I definitely love things like that, and I think uh, <clears throat> it does help. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it doesn't really shed light on reselling, but you can understand why things you know are resold at you know a higher amount, and it's beneficial because now people you know, they can come to me or come to my brand, come to my store and say, hey, I understand now, you know. At first, I, I thought, you know, he was kind of like, you know, just a horrible person for mocking up the sneakers so much, but mm-hmm. I get it, I understand now, you know. So, I definitely love that idea and I think there should be way more, you know, exhibitions, you know, after this whole, you know, COVID situation is handled.
2: I have a question for you, Ian. I was looking at, um, I was on Nike earlier, and then every once in a while I might go to like their other country sites, like, you know, like Nike slash China. Is mm-hmm. there a market for those colorways to come here? Like, is there any way? Cause, you know, they'll release sneakers in other countries that they won't release here. And some of those sneakers are fire. But yes. is there a way to get them here? Is there like a, like a pipeline or is it just, nah, that's just for China and they are never coming here unless Nike decides to release them in America?
1: No, that's definitely not, you know, it's definitely not the case. I have people in China as well. Um, people in China, people in the UK. So prime example, um, years ago, maybe two year, two, three years ago, A-Max Plus TNs, um, which I love, it was an olive green colorway that only came out of the United Kingdom. And I have a um, a source over there, his name is Tom, by the way. And I was literally ordering pairs. Every time he received this colorway, I purchased every pair. And they were selling, it, this was kid sizes. Um, grade school, so three and a half to seven, and they were selling for about $250 here, and he sent the EMS, and I was getting them, and I was literally the only, from what I know, I was literally the only store in New York City with that shoe, so not even oh, Flight Club wow. Stadium Goods. Oh, wow, that's impressive. Even even China, I had a shoe, alright, so every, for the last, I, I forgot how many years they started this, but for the last few years, Jordan brand has been releasing a Chinese New Year edition, Jordan. Um, and I met one of my close friends um, when I first opened the store. He's a reseller as well. He's one of the, one of my friends that runs the bot for me. And um, I, it was the Chinese New Year Retro 12s. They came up with a men's edition and a grade school edition. And I literally had them a month early. So I was literally like the first store with them early. And he did pre-orders and he couldn't get that size. And what happened was his, his girlfriend actually told him about me, well, about the store. And I met him through that day. And we've been close ever since. So this definitely weighs around, you know, China releases only or UK releases only if you know someone. Um, another oh, another thing I forgot, which I never used, but you can definitely have reshippers. So you could order a shoe in um UK or wherever, have it sent to a, a reshipper in that same country, and once it gets to them, they'll they'll reship it to you. It's a fee, prices vary, but that's definitely another loophole.
0: That's interesting. I, I never knew that. I mean, I'm sure there's avenues to, to get those things from overseas, but, you know, you never know how intricate those, um, the processes are. Like you really are a resource, Ian, when it comes to that, because, you know, working in luxury retail, as I've done for a very long time, you know, the company does those things. You know what I mean? Um, you don't know how they do it, but you know, they do do it to get exactly. some of the items from Europe. So that's, that's really interesting. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, there's, so, you know, all the streaming services and everybody's been home um, because of COVID. Netflix has a new show called Sneakerheads and Lena Wave has a, a really good show, which I really think the Lena Waithe, uh thing was good on um, quigby, which is closing, um, called You Ain't Got These, because um, she really goes into the psychological, you know, founding on why people attach themselves to sneakers. But, you know, in your opinion, whether you watch or not, do you think documentation like these, like, in sneaker culture? Do you think that, just like with the exhibition, is it a better way for people to understand why people behave the way they do when it comes to sneaker releases instead of people thinking that they're crazy? Um, do you think like that helps?
1: Definitely. I, I think it's a great thing. I haven't got got the chance to sit down and watch it. I intend, but some, sometimes like my days is like so, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, but like I said, more people understand why, not even the whole resale, but people understand why people go crazy. Like I sat down, I met, like, just having the store, I met so many, you know, just beautiful people where we would sit down and just, you know, speak for hours. You know, they would purchase things, but they would, we would speak for hours. And even after that, they would come back and we would just speak and, you know, keep in touch. And a lot of people fail to realize that the main reason why people go crazy for some of these shoes is because they were broke. They were poor growing up. And now it's like, this is the opportunity to get it. Oh, my mom and dad couldn't afford this when i was a kid or you know we have to share shoes so now i'm I'm an adult i make my own money I make great money now i have the opportunity to get this it's like completing their childhood more or less so we sell it's about collecting and i guess you know feeling someone complete
0: yeah so like okay i which i definitely suggest anyone i mean whenever i know you're extremely busy ian you know whenever you get a chance definitely watch it but i suggest anyone while Quigby is still up um if you have access to it to watch i think quickby closes like the first week of December, I think. Yeah, of December
2: first. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. You, you were telling me that. Um definitely that that document I really hope like, you know, they have someone, and this is a sidebar, um, to buy that uh, some of the shows on there so people can watch it elsewhere. Cause that really Lena did a good job with that. Um but I want to ask this like with all the sneaker collaborations you had mentioned earlier, um, about it depends on like who's, you know, collabing with whom and what brand. You know, they have had so many popular sneaker releases. What collabs do you think was the best? Like, who do you think, you know, sold the best sneaker, had the best look? And what collabs do you think didn't do so well? Of this year? Um, Just in general. Like, if do you have, like, a top top five or, you know, top ten or something?
1: Oh.
0: <sighs> it's hard, right? <laughs> All
1: right. It, so, in general, we're not, we're not just speaking on Nike. Just in general.
0: And just in yeah, general.
1: Overall. Okay, I... I definitely have to give my hat take my hat off to uh, Virgil. Mm. I, I I have to because he just pretty much any shoe he'll have with, as far as like Nike, it just is ridiculous. And and the thing is his his designs are so simple, yeah. but it's unique. And you know, so it's like, wow, I'm putting air in quotation marks. And I'm not trying to play his design, you know, but it's like I'm putting the air in quotation marks and it changes the whole look of a shoe. You know, that same silhouette that has been, been around for years is now completely different. You know, I put a, put a hang tag, quotation marks, and air, and boom. You know, um, I definitely want to say he had, See, so he had a bunch of collabs, but him, uh, definitely got to say Travis Scott. Um, and of course, I... Love as as many people might love and hate him, but definitely Kanye.
0: He changed a lot when it comes to Adidas.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he 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 definitely has he he changed it. Honestly, I know Adidas been around for years and they're classic. They know for you know the shell toes, Run D M C. But in my opinion, he saved Adidas. He saved. I mean, I'm not saying that they were you know about to go out of business or anything, but he saved them.
0: Right, the perception, like, how people view Adidas. Because I think exactly. Adidas and Pumas, I think, Kevin, you and I talked about this. At one point, they were, like, in Marshall's, TJ Maxx type of sneaker. Like, people didn't yeah. look at it like, oh, I'm going to Foot Locker to buy Adidas. You know, or I'm going to Foot Locker. You <laughs> exactly. know what I mean? It wasn't, yeah. that wasn't the thing. You went to, like, secondary uh, type of shopping or discount shopping, and that's where you found Pumas. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. So, I, those three, I, I know I might be, oh, even, uh, well, I, I can't forget about Don See. You know, mm. some of his collabs really weren't the best, but they definitely brung, you know, some spunk to, to a lot of these companies. So, well, matter of fact, it's crazy because they, they're all friends. Well, I don't, well, from the story I, I heard, Kanye West is really, he's really responsible for putting on Virgil and Don't See because they're all from Chicago.
0: Yeah, I read that too.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, those four, including um Travis Scott, their collabs are definitely, you know, making some buzz, making a lot of buzz.
0: And who, Ian, do you think would be a good collab, like, in the future? Like, Who do you think right now is, like, really hot and, and actually has, like, a great brand behind them that you could see, like, a sneaker uh, company approaching? I know Kevin mentioned, like, J. Uh, J. Cole had his uh, collab with um, Puma. Um, but, like, who do you think in the future, like, people, like, maybe sneaker companies are sleeping on, and who could they work with?
1: Hmm. That is a great question. Um, I'm, I'm going going blank as far as the artists that you know, because a lot of artists have um some type of shoe deals, but a lot of people forget. Yeah. Um, cause I, w- I would have said um Drake, but uh, he has Jordan.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, can't say Pusha T because he has a deal. Uh, wow. So it's
0: not many, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not many. That's you know that's really worth it, because it, of course you and not anyone's going to get a collab. So
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a great question. I really don't have an answer for that one.
0: I feel like people should, uh, you know, Kevin. And I are big fans. I mean, he put me onto Griselda. Like, I feel like they, their group, oh, yeah. that all three of them, honestly, they should have some sort of branding. Cap, they don't have anything, do they? When it comes to not sneakers, not that,
2: I, not that I know of. Maybe no, know if of. anybody, maybe Westside Mike with somebody I don't know of though.
0: Yeah, yeah, I just feel like they're like a powerhouse right now.
2: You know how like how Jordan is. Like for our generation, like Jordan is just just the epitome of sneakers. Do you think LeBron or Kyrie, like the players of this era, would have that type of lasting power? Like maybe 20 years from now, people will be talking about LeBron's the way we talk about Jordan's. Or, or is there any player you see right now who could have that type of impact the way Jordan had on
1: sneakers? I was thinking about that the other day, and honestly, no, I don't think anyone will. Mm. It's not it, – there's no one with the shooter that comes close to Jordan's. And I say that because of, of – of course, you know – all right, so when it comes to – you know, you have Kyrie's, you have KD's, you have uh, LeBron's. The, yeah. mo- the earlier models were the best. After a certain mm-hmm. number, it fell off the cliff, and the designs were horrible. And now you see LeBron's, Kyrie's, KD's on sales, sitting on the shelves – and I'm not saying I'm not saying not to say all Jordans, you know, uh, sell out and don't um, don't go on sale. But honestly, most Jordans, you know, I mean, I, I I'm not biased, but honestly, I'm older. So if you ask a, a kid that's 18 years old, they might say I only love ones, threes, and 11s. You know, I, I literally not all Jordans are, you know. Easy on the eye. Maybe when it comes to you know like the seventeens, but the classics, you know. Mm -hmm. So if there's some, there's some like LeBrons, KDs, and tools that, after you know maybe the fourth model, no one's absolutely you know putting a foot in, you know, unless they're playing ball. So I really don't, I really don't see, unless, the only way it can happen, is if the designers, they get new designers or better designers or you know just improve their designs. And if they do, the, of course, the only one that could come close would be LeBron, I would say, mm-hmm. or the Kobe's. I, the designs are not I, the best.
2: You know, when we came up, like, I know you mentioned, for example, you was a big fan of the the Iversons, you know, Reeboks. You know, anytime an athlete kind of went away from Nike, it kind of felt like they was taking a, a, a chance, you know, and we've yeah. seen that recently, like, like with Steph Curry with Under Armour. You know, how do you feel about, like, Athletes like Steph Curry doing Under Armour or even now Kawhi Leonard, I think he does New Balance. Like, how do you view those type of deals as far as the way the sneakers constructed or the way the streets view them? Are people asking for Kawhi Leonard New Balances or are people asking for Steph Curry Under armors?
1: Um There has been times where people will have asked for the Kawhi Leonard, um New Balance, Steph Curry's uh, the Under Armour. He had a pack, championship pack or something like that. People ask, but that was you know, mainly due to hype and the resale value. And, you know, I applaud them for doing that because now it's, it's bringing more competition and it's, it's giving people more variety, more options to choose from as far as if they want to resell or just wear that shoe for comfort or style. Um, but I definitely, it's a good thing that they're doing. But that goes to the last question. Most of the shoes, if it wasn't for resale wise people wouldn't ask for them. Right. So when, like, when I say, when I say there's no other, you know, activity with a shoe, with signature shoe that come close to Jordan, mm-hmm. it's because if you take resale away, people still wear Jordans. I hear you. I hear that. That makes sense. Is there a sneaker out there that
2: you had a chance to get you didn't get, and now you look back and you're like, damn, I should have bought those.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's a few, there's a few out there. I, just, oh, man, I want to hang myself every time. You know, I'm like, wow, I really passed on the shoe. Um, not even not so long ago. Um, the bread elevens came out. You know, they came out around holiday time last year, mm-hmm. and I had a bunch of pairs of the, I guess the Ye- Yeezy Yeez rails. I might be saying it wrong, but the Easy rail and the Bread Elevens came out the same day. I think it was like December 14th. I don't know why I remember this, but December 14th, I think. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I probably had about like 30 pairs combined. And I was just off of in store raffles. That wasn't even, you know, sneakers, abs, Adidas, abs, ordering online. And um, they were selling slowly, but um, fast forward to the track, I guess a, a foot action on 125th. And they had a pair sitting on the shelf one day, Brother Elevens. And I went in there, picked them up my like, Wow, they have a pair, and I walked out. As I was walking out, I looked back and I was like, "Wow, I should grab that pair." I went back the next day, and I was, and I was gone. And that's one shoe I know I can remember that was recently, and I was even till to today because now after the, docu- the Jordan documentary and COVID, which affected the prices greatly in a in a um in a better at a, you know beneficial way resellers, those bred levels are like almost no, not almost. They're like five hundred now. So and I and I sit back and I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and not to make you dwell on a mistake, but how about the other side? Was there a pair of sneakers you saw and people were like nah those ain't good. And you're like, you know what? I'm getting those. And it turned out you were right.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um even in my personal collection, it's just ones I have um I have a pair of uh one of my favorites I haven't worn yet. They're Nike Dunks, Thomas Campbell's, aka What the Dunks. And not saying people wanted to pass on them, but I saw them. I love Dunks, so I saw them and I'm like, oh wow, I gotta try my luck on the sneaks app. I'm, I'm gonna get them, find them one way or another. And I think they were one hundred twenty dollars. And I, I was happy, I'm like yes, I got the shoe. I'm excited. And people are like, oh well, they they only doing you know two fifty at the time. I'm like, I don't care. I, I want for myself to wear. And fast forward to the track, they're like twenty five hundred now. I was like, yes
0: <laughs> let me can I ask you a question um yes. why does not what's up with Jordan Twos? like remember they never came oh. out and then they dropped like three different colorways and my sister bought two and I think the last one they did in O to Spike Lee's film do the right thing
1: oh, they're colorful those are on sale now
0: what happened what what's with Jordan Twos like I mean because I don't know okay. so,
1: I'm- <laughs> so I love Jordan Twos right? Jordan 2, to me. The t- tools and the tens are one of the most comfortable Jordans.
2: Mm.
1: But on the contrary, they have little to no resale. <laughs> so it's like you really have to be, you know, at that age range where you just appreciate that shoe. I, for some reason, they just don't resell. I have no idea why. Maybe the the ones that might resell, I mean, okay, I have tens now in storage, like the steel tens. If it's a classic colorway, there's steel tens, and there was the ones I was white, red with the gray and the a, and a, and a old powder blue ones, or the ice blue ones that came out. The older colorways from 2004 2005, which I mentioned earlier, those have some resale now. But other than that, if it's a basic general 10, a general tool that's not the bread tools, the Chicago Bull tool colorway, I just don't. I, I have a, matter of fact, I have a pair, I'm looking at some of my shoes now, I have a pair of Mellow tools. Mm-hmm. And Mellow is one of my favorite fo- um, forwards. And I love that shoe, and I, I purchased it. It was on sale. I, I got it from StockX for like less than retail, and it may be around like three three fifty now. But um, that's a shoe that people just overlook it. I don't know why. I no and idea. I
0: like that shoe, and I was like, okay, the next colorway. That, I mean, because I need to partake. Um, my sister bought. I think the black and the orange color, and then the white and the purple. And I was like, "Oh, okay. Let me see when the next colorway comes out. I'll get it." And it never did. <laughs> it never did. And I don't know what happened. Like I keep waiting, and it's wild because like the first Jordan threes I bought was this. I think last year was the animal pack, like the kind of like uh, pony hair.
1: That's the pair yeah. I I want. I have. I wanted that pair badly. That the um I have a ten and a half now, mm-hmm. but I'm an eight and a half. So I recently found them. I was in like Poconos. and I found them at the mall. But um. That's the shoe too. When I said, like, I want to shoot people. Like, are you serious? This shoe is ugly. I'm like, I don't know. It's something about it I want to shoot. And the thing is, another thing to kind of like shed light on, a lot of shoes don't sell out because of the retail. So the retail for that shoe is 225 you know, plus New York City tax. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at, you know, 240 maybe, a little higher. I don't know. And um, so for that pair, I'm I was like, you know, I, I'm not paying $225. It's true because
0: $2. when I bought it, it was on sale. And I was see, like, why are these Jordans good. on sale? It was on actually on sale. And I was like, my sister paid full price. And then I got them for like, I want to say like $50
1: less. Yeah, see? Yeah, I, I caught them for a steal at um in, in the Nike outlet in the Poconos. And that was just in August I was there. That's amazing. So, but yeah, 225, yeah, that's the thing. Some people would say, oh, hey, most Jordans are 190. For 190, I'll purchase a shoe. For the 225, no, it can sit on the shelf. And it's just some shoe that we know. Not that we have any insights. But we just know, okay, that's going to go on sale in about another two weeks. So just wait, wait hold off on it, and then, you know, get it once, once it's on sale.
0: Right. That's what, That's exactly what I did. And I want to ask you, too, like, you know, Jay-Z was named, like, the head of Puma, like, the creative director. And I know he's brought in um, stylist June Ambrose, who did a lot of styling for rappers um, from Bad Boy. Mm-hmm. What do you think about like Jay Z's efforts to revitalize the brand and then him bringing back classic uh silhouettes like Ralph Sampson's Lowe's? Like, I purchased a pair of Ralph Sampson Lowe's and revamping some of the Clive Frazier's because I think those were definitely classics. I mean, everybody goes for the Stan Smiths. I mean, I also have a pair of Stan Smiths from Adidas, but I also think like you know, those sneakers were also great colorways and, and silhouettes. What do you think about that?
1: Um, I like that, I like what Jay Z is doing, but. I don't know. I think the certain shoe brands is like, you know what it is. It's never going it to be. It's what it is. It's not going to. Because just, you're so far, like, okay, Puma has its own legacy. You know, Stan Smith, I mean, not Stan Smith, Puma Claws. I have a few. I love those shoes. You know, like I said, I wear a shoe. And if I like it, i wear it. It's not just Jordans. But right. certain brands, you just have to leave where they at, you know? Um, it's... It, Design is key. If the design are not dope, people are not gonna mess with it. I'm pretty sure it will he Jay Z, you know, Jay-Z mm-hmm. is pretty much he touches Will, you know, turn gold.
0: Right. But it just it just depends. So
1: I I think it will it definitely will turn on he'll definitely bring him, you know, some money and uh you know, just more uh, I don't want to say better reputation like that, have a bad one, but he'll definitely uh bring some positive light So,
2: From a personal perspective, what's like the, the next two or three sneakers that you're looking out for just for personal use? And then what's the next two or three sneakers you're looking out for for resale reasons? It could be the same sneakers,
1: but okay. I'm just asking. Well, yeah, I was about to say it's probably going to be the same. Well, no, not really. Okay, so personal, I have them early already to come out. The 14th is the, the Midnight Ones, the, the Japan. So the silver ones came out. Um, a few months ago, so now the midnight one Yeah, so yeah. I have those early, so I would still count those for both personal and resale. Um, the next one would be the black and gold retro ones, hot tops. They come out the twenty eighth, I believe, or thirtieth. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely for personal and resale. Now the last one for personal would be the the Fire Fours, mm, that yes. which comes out the twenty eighth. Mm-hmm. And I actually have them early, but it's not my size. And then on the resale-wise, the last one would be the 11s that come out on the 12th because everyone loves 11s. That's like, you know, the holiday shoe, and people go crazy for it. So definitely those are, those are the ones.
2: Mm-hmm. How about you, Sean? Anything you're looking forward to?
0: I agree with him with the fire red for <laughs> Fire red foals. I love those. I definitely like those Jordan retro ones, uh, the silver, the Japans. Those I, I was trying. Those are one of the ones I got up early in the morning. And my sister instructed me to have like several browsers open and already had my credit card <laughs> loaded. And I sat here like I had coffee and I blinked <laughs> and it was sold out. So those are definitely ones, you know, like, I- yeah, I felt that pain. But I do like the black and gold those are definitely interesting. I like the patent leather feature of those those sneakers. So I'm going to try. <laughs> we are gonna see how that works. Kev, what about you? <laughs> you no,
2: know I like, it's funny, you know, I, I wouldn't wear them. So I'd probably be the worst of both worlds because I would buy them, not to wear them or not to resell them, just to have them. They got these um Jordan 1, mids, but they're called homecoming because there's a story behind those. Because there's these two students, they had one, like I think a Jordan scholarship. They went to HBCUs and they helped design those. Oh. So I like those. And I actually like the um those veneer ones I was telling you, you know, the colorways is crazy to me. I just like them. Those mm-hmm. Dunk Lows. Those oh. come out the the that's November 10th. They got I don't know what that's it's, that's it's, it's. they're green, they're purple and they're brown, but it's something about that. And once again, I don't think I would yeah. I would rock those neither. I think I would just keep them and just have them. So that's the only two I could think of. I was thinking about the other ones that come out the Jordan. I think the are Jordan fives like each shoes a different color. But I'm never gonna rock that oh so. yeah <laughs> it would just be something to buy just to buy it but I would never wear it
0: like keep so. it on display in the house
2: yeah 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 <laughs> pretty much yeah so but that's my that's my two or three.
0: I like that I like that I've learned so much from you this episode you are really a resource when it comes to sneakers I'm so happy you decided to join Fashion Decipher and just really let uh, us thank know thank you
1: for even you know reaching out and, and inviting me on so oh, I, absolutely. Appreciate it, definitely.
0: I and you know you had your shop I just want everybody to know you had your shop Lucky Lace in Williamsburg um you know that's Kevin's stopping ground he's over there all the time um and I know because of COVID there's been some changes. Do you want to explain to the audience?
1: Yes. So right now I'm in the middle of uh, relocating, and um, it's unfortunate, you know, through the situation. But you know, I'd rather be sick than sorry. And there was a lot of um, just I don't want to get too deep into it, but just you know, certain certain things don't work out as far as you know, relationships with, with you, you know, the tenants and, and management, and, and you know. The business is not ran properly. You know, they, they just look at you as a, you know, dollar sign, which is, you know, I'll get it It's a business relationship, but you don't have some compassion. You know, a lot of people, and I wasn't the only one I moved from where I was at. Mm-hmm. A lot of people moved. It's only about like two shops there now. So, you know, I was management. They were really just no compassion or anything. And just, you know, you still want the rent on Zombie even on your clothes, you know, little things like that. So yeah. I'm like, wow. But, um, you know, once this COVID situation is, you know, under, well, under control, and, you know, uh, it's a sad thing, you know, a lot of people lost their life and lost loved ones to them, so my heart goes out to people. Um, mm-hmm. But once it's under control, I'm definitely jumping back in it. Um, Shopping area, I'm, I'm scouting some areas, looking at a few locations, but like I said, I don't, I don't want to take any risks because I know people that own restaurants and they run 7,000 a month and they had to pay it on time. And I was just like, that's a scary situation. Scary, scary, scary. So luckily for me, my lease was, um it was up. So I, I could just walk away. It, it wasn't like I was, um, you know, entitled to pay anything still. So, so I kind of like lucked up, God was on my side, but mm-hmm. I know people going through nightmares and literally just maxing out credit cards and just to stay afloat and I, I don't want to jump back into that for that reason, right. for those reasons. Right. Definitely, I'm I'm still online. I'm still on, you know, social media. I'm still right now. I'm doing meetups and shipping and everything you can name of. I'm I'm still doing. And once it's you know under control again, then I definitely will be at a new location. I'm thinking of Harlem since I'm from here. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, well, give the people your um your
2: stuff like your IG, everything, how they can reach you.
1: Definitely. Um. The the website is www.luckylaced.com. That's L-U-C-K-Y L-A-C-E-D. The Instagram and Twitter is at Lucky Laced. Facebook is facebook.com/slash Lucky List. Um. Snapchat, which I hardly use, is at Lucky List as well. <laughs> um. I forgot it. it's even on my phone. But yeah, those are. That's how you can reach me. Email is info@luckylaced.com, or ian at luckylace.com if you want to speak directly to me and definitely that's how you could reach me
0: and Ian can people DM you like this is the last question I'll have because you know in order to people contact you like if they're trying to sell sneakers or if they have overage and they couldn't un, you know unload them could they DM you like like an inquiry
1: oh definitely you can DM I, I have people, people DM me every day literally every day so <laughs> definitely yeah. my inbox is open you can DM me Shoot me an email. If you have to comment on the picture to get my attention and check my DM, then I'll definitely do that. that's that's good. That works for me. Um, you know, everything goes. Just don't DM me at four in the morning and think I'm gonna respond. Of course. <laughs> <They're probably not. laughs> but definitely. Well,
2: well I like to say, Ian, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you. Like like Sean said, we learned so much. For me, I'm just happy to hear a uh, brother got his business going and got his stuff going. You know you had a little speed bump, you're gonna get on your way, you got your online stuff you got your sneaker stuff going and we look forward to speaking to you in the future and looking forward to, to seeing all the good and great things
1: you got in store for all of us
0: yeah and in person i definitely would like to buy a pair of sneakers from your shop when it's
1: back up thank you think i appreciate it and um i thank you so much for having thank you so much for having me on here it was it was a uh, blast i liked it i enjoyed it um and i wish you guys you know success with the podcast as well
0: thank you really thank you so much
1: all right, take care. All right. thank you
0: Hey guys, it's Sean. Make sure you visit our website, FashionDecipher.com, to get a visual on what we're talking to you about. Check out pics from events, of guest speakers, and exhibits. If you miss anything we post, you can visit our archives page. Also, while you're there, hit that subscribe button. Leave your email, and if you like, a comment. Tell us what you think or what you would want to hear on an upcoming episode. Don't forget to follow and friend Fashion Decipher on social media. Check out what we're up to. Speak with you next week.